Hello, I'm Angela. And I'm Marie, the second half of this mother and daughter team. Welcome to Chalker Checkups. We're here to guide you on your quest for spiritual knowledge and enlightenment. All right, welcome back. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. We just broke 10,000 listens, but also like blew past that number really quickly. So just huge shout out to everybody that's been following along and listening and sharing this podcast. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, everybody that's listening to us. I could never have imagined having this many people tuning in to the message we're trying to get across. So it's just a great blessing and it's really incredible. Yeah, I would have never thought of myself as a public speaker either. So that's been a fun journey for me. And you're doing a great job. Thank you. I couldn't ask for a better co-host for this podcast <laughs> as well. So. Well, you haven't tried. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the topic at hand. <laughs> yeah, today we also have more exciting news for you all is we do have another guest on. This is one of my really close friends, Malvina Sitars. And she is just an inspiring young voice who has been interested in many different types of healings and now working at some incredible places, facilitating breath work and workout classes and all different types of, of healing modalities. So we figured it would be nice to bring her on and share something new. Yes, I'm very excited to have Malvina on. And I wanted to share with everyone about our guest. Every one of our guests are people that have had chakra readings, but they're also people that have, are stepping out in, into the light and doing something special with the gifts that they have. So we like to celebrate that, celebrate their success and celebrate their light and also share whatever they have to share with everyone. Yeah, I think it's just good to hear things from different perspective as well as not everyone was born with skills and some people have been coming into their own later and just hearing different perspective. I think that over time, then people realize I, I have something in common with them, or I could do that, or that could be me, or that is me. So maybe I should be on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, let's welcome Melvina on. Give her a big round of applause and uh, hear from her herself. There Hello. we go. Hi. Welcome. Hi. How are you girls doing? Wonderful. Thanks for joining us. All right, Melvina. And tell our audience a little bit about you and, you know, where some of your journey has started and where it's brought you. So hello, everyone. My name is Malvina Shitars. Uh, I'm originally from Poland, hence the unusual name. <laughs> and I currently live in South uh, Oceanside in California. And I, where do I even begin? I mean, I feel like our healing journey is you know, starts before we even get here. And I, I feel like a lot of it 
has began with my with my mom, with my lovely mother. Um, she took me to my first uh, yoga class when I want to say I was about 15. And I'll always remember it was a Bikram class and we started with like breath of fire. And I was like, oh, what? are we doing? <laughs> and what <laughs> is this kind of breath work? And why is everyone doing it? And so into it. And, you know, especially for that awkward age of a teenager, um, I thought it was very strange. Um, but I will never forget the feeling that I had leaving that class and just like the lightness. And in a way, I just felt like I was this, you know, fairy and completely free. And I believe that was in the, kind of um, a part of the journey that I just started to realize that I, I loved movement. And that was my first kind of crack open to the spiritual world, to my yoga practice. And before that, I was really um, a competitive soccer player. And so there was something for me with movement. And now fast forward to kind of where I am now is um, I, I look back and a really big part of that was the breath that is involved with anytime you put your body under stress, whether you're playing a sport or going on a walk, it's uh, the physiological changes that create your breath to, in a way, um, get really expansive in your body. And I feel like I can go through a very long story of my, you know, heartbreak that got me down to Baja because I was living in Seattle for a very long time. That was kind of where I was raised was just outside of Seattle. And the journey of um, pain that got me down to Baja, where I, I had the privilege of meeting um, Angela, and we just created such a beautiful relationship. And that was also, you remember, that was a big part of getting back to the yoga world. And I had an opportunity that really fell into my lap, it felt like, um, where I got to dive deeper into the yogic philosophy. And it was something that I wanted to do just for myself and without ever having really an intention of being a teacher or let alone even a healer. Um, I definitely thought I had to be healed first in order to ever help others. Mm. And it's something I'm really uh, have learned that is, that is not, you will never be healed and that should never be um, something that stops you. But I definitely was never an outgoing, very wanted to be in front of people. I never thought I was a speaker and it just scared me even thinking about being in front of people. So um, it's funny to see how life has fast forwarded me to where I, what I do now is I speak in front of people and I um, lead people through whether it's a yogic practice, a breath work practice or any kind of healing modality um, specifically for um, the person I'm working with. Um, but I feel like I've acquired a lot of things that ultimately um, can be combined through the facet of movement and breath um, and how that gets you kind of back in your body. So I'm currently, I guess where to bring me to where I'm at, I am now is I am a breathwork coach at a studio here called Breathe Degrees in Carlsbad. And we do a combination. I'd like to think of it, we fluctuate between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. So whether we're breathing fast or not breathing at all um, is kind of the um, where we toggle in the breathwork classes. And then we also have a cold plunge and an infrared sauna. So you also kind of play with your body fluctuating between hot and cold. And 
so that's a beautiful kind of um, my Fridays are filled with teaching there. But during the week, I work at a health and wellness spa, spa called Calavi. Um, it's kind of in the foothills of Vista, and it's a beautiful kind of retreat facility where we um, get people to hike um, and fill them with um, beautiful, nutritious food. And then we have back-to-back classes where I'll teach a variety of different classes. And all of them kind of involve fun, um, whether it's like a boxing class that really kind of helps channel all sorts of like energies, especially I love through uh, females really love that class and, or whether it's a yoga practice or um, even coaching pickleball, it's like just a fun way to move our bodies and get our breath to move. So yeah, both are very important and really true in my heart right now. And it's, um, yeah, I feel really in a beautiful place of kind of facilitating all this wisdom that I've acquired over the years. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I remember when we first met, like I remember you being interested in a lot of these things, but like you said, when you were down here and you did go to the Yandara studio, I've really seen you take off into all kinds of different directions. And um, yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of, a lot of growth in you and it's been really, really awesome to watch, honestly. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's fun to see how, you know, you open up and crack into, a you know, maybe a program where, you know, for someone else, it could be a book that inspires them or an, an appointment with Marie, and all of a sudden, it kind of opens up the your world. And, and I do feel like I've played around with so many different modalities of um, not really sure where my niche was. And I feel like it's finally, and, and I, and I, sometimes I feel like I've held myself back because I felt like it needed to be one thing. Mm. And it was like the one thing that's going to give me my direction. And I'm starting to realize, you know, we're multifaceted humans and there's so many, um, we don't have to be just one specific thing. I feel like sometimes society makes you feel like you have to have an expertise on this one particular thing. And I, I do find that that is beautiful for the, for some that really um, could resonate with you. But I think for me, I love, um, I have passion in many, um, many outlets and, and that's okay. I was thinking about that um, uh, just yesterday about how these different modalities are useful because different people need or want a different way of coming towards healing and coming towards opening up and breathing and experiencing themselves. It's Mm -hmm. not that any one healing modality won't work. It's that people are varietal and they want different things and different things resonate with them. So finding the right thing, the more things you have to offer, the more they're likely to find the right thing that's going to change their world. Yeah, Yeah, that's really true. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes you don't know, you know, and I feel like sometimes people can give up in their healing journey because they just haven't found the right one. Just so to like keep that exploration and curiosity. And I always remind myself that you may find a healing modality that at one point is really benefiting um, your well-being, but there could be a day where it, it, it doesn't, feel like it's quite giving you that same feedback and to that doesn't mean you give up you gotta there's so many different types of variety of ways that we can um find benefits for our well-being and we just gotta with childlike wonder and curiosity just keep exploring and don't give up yeah and well it's interesting that you're saying that 
you don't have to be healed to be a healer and stuff. And if I've learned anything through my own personal journey is like, oh, cool. Like I've healed this one thing and then you peel off another layer and you're like, oh, wait, and here's this other thing that I didn't think about. And so now we got to heal that. And like, as you heal more things in yourself, more things arise. And then you, then you can start getting into, you know, healing your past lives and, and things like that. But it is just kind of a, a journey that once you start, uh, you do need the different modalities and uh, different things to, you know, keep working on one and everything. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And it's, yeah, it's definitely the onion effect of finding more and more. And, and, and I find that, you know, that's what makes the vast richness of life. Like if it was so, if it was good all the time, yeah, we wouldn't we, appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. And one of my favorite quotes from a dear uh, personal development teacher that I had was that it's not about feeling good all the time. It's about getting good at feeling. And mm. it's always been like a really big motto because that's like what creates that wildness of being a human, the full spectrum of being able to feel it all. And if you have had your own pain, you are more, you have that ability to connect with others to really give them the right empathy and sympathy to like guide them because you've been through it. You have Mm -hmm. similar pain. Yeah. When I was teaching uh, shamanic workshops, I always started on the first day with breath work. I just Mm. think that there's so, so much uh, that people need to learn about the way they're breathing. I've had so many people that in students, I'll say, you know, you really need to breathe, breathe. And they just, (laughs) (laughs) no, no, take a deep breath. Calm yourself down and breathe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you would love this. I, so I just finished um, my class tonight is going to be kind of inspired by this book. I just finished this book breath by James Nestor. And it was basically the fundamentals of how breath is the most fundamental pillar of our health, Um, more so than our diet, more so than our exercise, uh, more so than our genetics is we really have the ability to create new neuropathways and literally create difference with our physiology. I mean, breath impacts your sleep. It can help with autoimmune disease, with asthma, with scoliosis. It's all this. I was very enlightened and just profoundly uh, shocked to hear how much of our breath um, plays such a crucial um, role in our complete health. And I talked about and I, it's incredible that I feel like pranayama has been around forever and, um, and, and for so long, I feel like in our Western culture, we just thought breathing, you know, it didn't matter if you were breathing through your nose or your mouth, as long as you're breathing, it's fine. But like, we all do know how to, uh, breathe because we're, we're here, we're, we're surviving, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not many of us are breathing to thrive and to enhance our, uh, well-being. And so, and I think that's the beauty of like Wim Hof is, um, you know, this pioneer of breath work in, in a way flipping um, the autonomic nervous system and all the science that has back to where I, you know, saying everything is automatic in our system. And he is a, this great pioneer that has brought this beautiful light to 
breath work and the importance of it. So that's kind of what we do at our studio is um, is a kind of a spin off uh, Wim Hof. It's very inspired by him uh, where you're doing deep breathing. Um, but it's not about kind of what you just mentioned, Marie, of, you know, sometimes in that anxiety, we think we're breathing a lot, but we're actually not getting oxygen into our body. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. You can actually make yourself, that's the one thing a lot of people are, are worried about being too acidic or too alkaline or, or trying to become more alkaline. And they don't realize if you're breathing shallow and rapid, you actually make your body more acidic. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, we tell that a lot um, during the kind of for new students that come in because there is such an alkalinity craze uh, right now. And, you know, we think about eating foods that are alkaline, but we don't realize that the, the pH in our body is where it all starts. And the breath has that direct route to changing our pH. And so we really guide students to deeply breathe into like their belly and chest. And it's all about the expansion of the 10 to 12 pounds of muscles that create your respiratory system. And we like to tell students that um, it's no different than working out your quads or your core or your biceps, all these studios all around us, they do a beautiful job on strengthening the muscles all around. And, and in a way that will enhance your breathing. But we specifically want to work on the 10 to 12 pounds of muscles that are um, your respiratory system that aren't really being maximized and really pushed in their capacity. Um, So we teach people how to do these deep breaths. And what happens when you're doing these breaths is exactly what you said, Marie, is your pH is goes up and you end up becoming alkaline. And with it comes all these beautiful sensations that kind of unfold in your body that a lot of the students, you know, they come out of class with their jaws drop, like what just happened? <laughs> um, so it's uh, really beautiful um, to get to witness and in a way like facilitate that. It's amazing. And I definitely need to get more into that myself and stuff. I would love to come take a class with you at some point. Please. Yeah, please. It's, it's a studio that it's been, it's been really fun because it's the, of the growth to see um, how quickly they have grown. Just even I've only been there this year and the studio has been open for about two years and we've have expanded so much that we're opening up a second studio in the San Diego area, more South. Um, And so it's, beautiful to see that people are, you know, we have people driving from LA and from miles and miles away to come experience this. And um, we even have some students um, that have claimed that, you know, they are really helping their Parkinson's. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had a student that has major anxiety, depression, and she's just constantly like profoundly impressed with how quickly Mm -hmm. um, and non-invasive and naturally she's bringing this healing because we always say that we have a natural CVS in your brain. You have all these beautiful pharmaceuticals basically sitting in your brains and you just have to put in a little bit of work to access them. So instead of, you know, going to the doctor and getting pharmaceuticals from them, like we have direct access. We just got to put that effort of, taking time to breathe deeper and to access them. And I was actually just listening to one of your podcasts. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but you girls were kind of speaking on, you know, we have time to do 
to watch movies. We have time to, you know, people are playing video games. What can we all take some time to pause, to slow down, to just breathe and finally find that direct route of helping us feel better instead of trying to find it in a pill or some other external um, um, factors? Yeah, I think, I think it's pretty fascinating. Like what, what you're saying is, is happening out there with people like healing. It's funny, actually, I just talked to this uh, guy down here in Baja, California, like in Cabo, and just kind of going over, you know, a little bit about his life. And he had uh, a really bad, like sports injury. And he was trying to heal it. And he was like, I would try anything to do it. But he brought up breathe degrees. He's like, so I started going to breathe degrees. I was like, no way. (laughs) Small world. I know all about this studio just from hearing about it from you and stuff. But now he's doing so much better, uh, which is awesome. I'm glad that people are finding things to help them and stuff. I guess for me, like, Mm -hmm. mom, I'm a little curious, like, because you say, if you're alive, you can be healed. Yes. I really believe that to be true because I've seen so many people that were, had such critical, difficult illnesses and end stage with things like pancreatic cancer and, uh, and my close friend that had so many tumors and they turned it around. Right. So is it the mindset or is it the breathing or is it both? Well, it's just like Mel Melvina is saying all, you know, you have to breathe and breathing is going to affect everything and help your healing. All almost all cancers are a situation of being extremely acidic. So mm-hmm. if you were breathing, mm-hmm. you're going to change that. At least you're going to help your immune system. I believe that your body wants you to be healthy and wants to heal you. It's not like it can't happen. And we get in the way of that sometimes. So mm-hmm. just by taking time and breathing, you're going to positively impact your immune system. Everybody has cancer cells. Everybody has, you know, disease factors in their body, but some people never get them. And, you know, it's no secret that a lot of athletes are a lot more healthy. That's because they are moving their bodies and they're breathing and they're these things. So I think that's a, that's a very, very big factor. But, you know, when I first started studying, I, I did yoga for many, many years. I did breath work. And I still, of course, obviously breathe a lot. And, you know, they say if you start one, you'll do the other. If you start doing yoga, you're going to start doing deep breathing. Then you're going to start eating better. The mm-hmm. more you start on a positive path down any of these things, then you're going to start to transition to something that's going to work better for you and for your body and your, your health is going to improve. Yeah. I think that's good to mention. Um, I think sometimes people get just overwhelmed by the idea of like, Oh, I need to start working out. I need to eat better. I need to, you know, do this. I want to wake up earlier. I want to be more productive. And then it gets overwhelming and like inaccessible for them to start to you know, think of the idea of changing their habits. And what I found is really helpful is like, don't think about it as far as like the overall picture, but just being like, okay, I'm just going to add in one more healthy thing to my, you know, life plan. I'm just going to start off by 
you know, something as, as simple as I'm going to make myself a smoothie in the morning and that's what I'm going to have from breakfast now or something, you know, like it doesn't have to be anything big, but you just try one little thing and then see if you can keep that up. And then once that becomes a habit, then you can go on to like, okay, well now I'm going to start, you know, working out 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day and things like that. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of you on that is it can be so overwhelming. Um, We have a lot going on. And sometimes when going back to our onion, you know, you peel off one layer and you're like, Oh, my goodness, if I need to change that, I need to change everything I'm doing. And I actually had a whole class on just like the power of one, the power of just one step, whether it's one breath, one class, one book. Um, one meal substitution is, it can be overwhelming. And so it, it just starts with one. And I agree with you, Marie, that there is such a holistic, um, connection to, um, you know, whether you, um, take one, a yoga class or one breathwork class, it really helps open up the door to just recognizing, um, how everything is so connected. Um, and so I feel like that's just the best way of just, just start with one thing, one thing that you can change that, you know, will positively impact your health. And then, and then just watch the chapters end up turning, um, with everything. Mm-hmm. When I was doing breath work in the shamanic workshops, it was very simple. I just got people to, you know, be on a mat, be still and take big, deep breaths for 45 minutes, just not hypoventilate, just breathe very deeply and continuously. And the interesting thing is part of the reasons I was doing that in a shamanic workshop is because there are people that will access parts of their psychic abilities faster doing that than if they took ayahuasca or uh, mushrooms or anything else. Mm -hmm. After a certain point of just deep breathing and being still, uh, they just naturally open up to a lot of the abilities they have. And all of a sudden they're like, wow, you know, I just suddenly had this vision. I saw this and understand different things because they've taken the time, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned that because that just um, in, in the last year I've gone to just two ayahuasca ceremonies and they were the most beautiful, profound experiences. I, you know, I'll never forget those. But I feel like now that I've gotten into more intense um, or more like breathwork classes that I get those in a way little hits that I had to go through such a deep experience to get to through the ayahuasca. Um, I find that with the 45 minutes of breathing, it takes me to that next level and dimension that really... I, I call it, it's like you get to reconnect with your higher self. You're superhuman. Like we're all superhuman with incredible gifts and abilities. And I find that our mind can be so deceiving and try to, in a way, bring us all these false narratives and doubts and hesitations where we we're too scared to take that step forward. And with when you, you know, and there's so many different types of um, meditations that, um, you know, in a way, I think breathing is involved with all of it. But when you just peel down just to the basic breath and really allowing you to breathe deep, it, um, like you mentioned, the pH goes up, you um, become more alkaline and you start to feel all these sensations that I, in a way, I think of it like you're tapping into all that your little tinctures of superpowers within you. 
um, that really allow you to come back to that light of being recognizing that you're important and that you have the privilege to be healthy and to feel good um, and that you deserve that. I keep telling people, you know, you do do some of this work and you're going to discover who you are. You don't even know sometimes who you are and it's going to be good news. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, most- and I will even add on to that is like, it may, it will be good news. I find that sometimes it is the letting go of a past version of you that can be very scary because that's that place of comfort. You know, we live our lives and we create this version of what we think we are and that feels safe. And even a little bit of breath work, even whether whatever in modality, I, you know, I keep referring to breath work, but you know, for um, it could be yoga, it could be a meditation. It, there could be so many different modalities that allow you to um, tap into this like discovery that's like, oh, wow, like there's a, a, another layer of who I may want to expand into. And the difficulty sometimes for that next step is you got to let go of maybe that comfort, that place of who you thought you were. And mm-hmm. that I find in that process of surrendering and really being okay to let go is that recognition that beyond that is like, you're not just letting go of something. You're not just a part of you doesn't disappear. That will always be with you, but there's something blossoming underneath it. That's going to be even more beautiful. And I find that that can sometimes be the difficulty is like you, you're not, you're not sure what's on the other side of that mountain. It could be uh, some tough terrain or it could be really beautiful. Um, and, but you got to kind of just go for it and recognize that a majority of the time it's going to be a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I drank ayahuasca with the Santa Daime more than 500 times. And the one thing, if, if someone said, well, what exactly does it do? I say it shows you who you really are. And that's good news for most mm-hmm. people. 99% of them, they think of themselves as far less than they are. And they discover that they are much more spiritual than they ever imagined they could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, we're, we're the one person that holds ourselves back. And sometimes we're um, behind a veil. And, you know, the world is can be feel like a very scary place. Um, And it's, I just find that it's time. There's this like awakening. I feel like with so many people that we're, we're ready to take that step. It's, it's time to just like really discover, uh, you know, that next step of what it really feels to be in a great place. And, and if this is, I don't know who needs to really hear this, but if like, you're not in a place where you feel very content and at peace and, and, and really at in this blissful state it's like you have access to it and to take the step forward take the one step towards that discovery and she was saying that you're getting very much into this um plunging into into cold water and i was Mm. listening to you on another podcast talking about that Um, Mm -hmm. And I was reminded of this, my own little crazy plunge. I was up in the mountains in springtime and it got, it was kind of a warm day. And I came across this like pond was crystal clear. And I didn't really 
think at the time, now I know a little better, that crystal clear water is often very cold water. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought, oh, I'm just going to take off my clothes and dive in. So I did. And I got to this water and it was so cold that I mean, it was freezing, freezing cold water. And, uh, and then I was having a little bit of trouble getting out. I didn't realize how steep this pond was. The sides of it were, I had a heck of a time getting out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely made you feel alive. But an interesting thing that happened then, I wasn't cold. I actually got super hot. Mm. You know, I became extremely hot and started to sweat. The cold water was such a shock for my body that then I started sweating. And it was, I was hotter than when I started out. <laughs> Oh, that's so interesting to me. And I would love to, you know, dive into some research of like, what are the, the physiological aspects that like, end up kind of making you feel hot? Because yeah, I find it's so fun to hear that, you know, naturally, we all I do remember as a kid, we would have like cold plunges like into our lake, I, you know, grew up in Seattle, in the Northwest. And it was um, you know, everybody did it in the winter time. I remember mm-hmm. like all of us girls after soccer, we were like, let's go into the river. And, um, I mean, we knew the benefits and our coaches always told us about, you know, how it helped with the inflammation and all around soreness the next day. Um, and so after practice, we'd sometimes just submerge in the cold water and, you know, fast forward to now where you're going to, you see cold plunging on Instagram, on everyone, all sorts of studios all around are adding it in. Yeah, we had a huge uh, cold plunge uh, craze down here in in Todos Santos. I was just thinking today, are we still doing that many cold plunges or people just not posting about it this year? But Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, true. Um, Yeah, I find that like so many friends have them now in their backyard. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing because so what we what I was trained at Breathe Degrees is um, that we always tell people like whatever you however cold you think it is in that water just be prepared it's going to be way colder than that (laughs) and um, I know that feeling (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so naturally in your body um every single human reacts exactly the same so you're not alone when you jump into that water and you completely spike into the sympathetic and naturally everyone just starts to (laughs) panic. We panic, we breathe quick and everything in our mind, body, and soul is like, get me out of this. (laughs) Um, That's funny. Cause so when this whole craze was going on, I got into doing the cold plunges. And part of the reason that I was doing it is because I was having a lot of like emotional, like trauma reactions and water is just my happy place. So I would get into these cold baths and I would notice like my entire nervous system would calm down. And I actually just like, I enjoyed being in those baths more than outside of it because it gave me something else to focus on. And I just, I really felt like calm and able to control my breath and, and breathe deeper. And I found that like, at least emotionally, it was helping me a lot. Yeah. And I find that like once, um, you know, everybody varies. Uh, I do agree with you. Like I find that after that initial shock, it's like you come to this place of really depth of your breath and depth of 
being okay with being uncomfortable. And, you know, sometimes when those people, when people are really struggling, you know, I kind of remind them, you know, close your eyes, slow down your breath. And, you know, in the class right before we do the cold plunge, it's really big, big breaths in and out of your mouth, we actually do. And just to get the most amount of oxygen in. And when you're in the cold plunge, we really encourage people close your mouth, seal your lips and breathe deep in and out of your nose and really focusing on the exhalation because your exhalations are directly correlated to your um, parasympathetic. And um, Marie, this might kind of strike a chord with you is I also add, um, add if people are really struggling is to take a deep breath in through your nose. And then when you exhale, I have them hum. So the back of their throat, they're because that will help stimulate your um, vagus nerve and um, even help you calm a little bit more. And I do agree that those people that are struggling, I'll either have them hum and then I'll remind them like, you're literally coming into the most uncomfortable part of life right now. And think about this as you like, you're sitting in all the BS, you're sitting in all your stresses, all the things that really try to bog you down in life, all the things that, um, you know, are your challenges and your struggles and you're learning right now, you're building the resiliency one breath at a time to be okay with it. And, and I think that's kind of like what you just said, Angie is like where you immediately have this opportunity to like slow down and really, um, kind of just allow yourself to just be because you're really facing it. Like you're facing it head on. Mm -hmm. I was telling uh, previous to you coming on that I had I had seen this video of these monks that had gone in uh, to a cold pool then wrapped a, a, a towel around them or you know like a blanket till it got frozen and then breathe until it uh, it thaws out and so I was looking for that this morning I couldn't find that but I did find a article about the monks that go they go into a ice cold uh, waterfall and sit in the or stand in the waterfall and meditate in the icy water. Yeah, and and so yeah, that and that goes back to for you, Marie. You were in that. You were one of those monks. Um, <laughs> you know, you were literally sweating in the cold water, which is so beautiful. And it really shows you. You know, we always think um, our nervous system is automatic, and that or our autonomic nervous system is automatic, and it really shows that our breath can have these profound experience or profound impact on in a way, bringing homeostasis back into our body. Um, because naturally everybody is like, Oh, you go into the cold plunge for more than a few minutes. You're, you're going to get hypothermia. And obviously monks are melting the snow around them. Um, Marie's sweating in the cold (laughs) plunge. So it's taking the time to find your breath. And I find that the, my personal record of, that I've had and mine's not very impressive. I've been in there for 10 minutes. Um, we have some people that are sitting in there for an over an hour. And I, for the 10 minute one that I had, I did find that I, it was a really interesting experiences of ebbing and flowing between, okay, I feel really warm and nice. Like I can switch my narrative. I'm in this cold, but this can I can visualize this as being warmth and having this beautiful feeling of feeling very comfortable. And then after a few breaths being like, nope, okay, I, I, I'm totally, this is a false narrative. I'm freezing. I, I want to get out of here. And 
I, I felt like I got to play around with both sides of these in a way, like my inner voices of like, um, kind of this is okay and this is not okay. <laughs> In a way, that's what scuba diving is, is a bit like. It's a, it's a cold plunge and a breathing breath control. <laughs> well, yeah. I was thinking because I do so much scuba diving, that might be one of the reasons where I'm like, oh, I'm in cold water. Not a, not a big deal. I'm used to this and stuff. Because mm -hmm. the whole idea with scuba diving is to be the most efficient with your movements to use the least amount of oxygen so that you can stay down underwater longer. And so mm. and I definitely find that when the water is cold or I'm shivering, it's so much harder for me to not use as much oxygen, you know, like my, I just go through tanks a lot faster. So, yeah. And that's like with practice though, right? I find that breath work can be that, um, the more you kind of expose yourself to the cold plunge, your body in a way starts to build that tolerance and resiliency um, from the inside out that after a while, you're, you know, you'll be definitely breathing less, um, uh, using less of that tank because um, you'll, you're kind of hardwiring it into your body and creating that neuroplasticity to your brain. That's like, we're not in a panic state. We're okay. <laughs> We've been in this cold water before. So yeah, just one breath at a time, we keep playing around with it. And, um, and I love it because it's a, a beautiful uh, vasculature um, kind of in a way workout. You're also building resiliency. We have like a cold plunge and a hot tub. Um, so we'll expose uh, first time students to three minutes in the cold plunge. We find that's like the um, kind of maximum benefits like for your physical state. Uh, you'll get a lot of other benefits more mentally and psychologically if you want to go longer for that three minutes. And everyone's different. Everyone ends up like finding their own like kind of repertoire that they have um, with how long they sit in. But for first time students, we have them sit in for three minutes, which it, it spikes their norepinephrine 530% and a 250% in their uh, dopamine. So you get the same kick that is like um, skydiving almost, I guess. I've heard the correlation between skydiving um, and apparently cocaine. I don't, I'm not sure about <laughs> that one, but you get this huge, amazing rush. And it's really fun to watch because then you, after those three minutes, we get the all the guests to go into the hot tub together and you just see it in their eyes. You know, they're a very proud of themselves for accomplishing it. And then immediately everyone's just chatting and, Oh my gosh, I can't believe we just did that. And it creates this beautiful um, connection. And, you know, we call it our tribe, you know, breed degrees is this beautiful community of people just on this healing journey. And, and, you know, sitting in the cold plunge is such a vulnerable thing. And, um, I love doing it, you know, with everybody together, because you always get that person that wants to get out, but you see your best friend, you see another person struggling right across, and you're all in that same boat, and you end up, you, you get through it, mm -hmm. and so yeah, we'll get them in the warm tub, and so going back to the vasculature, so when you're in cold water, and um, that, uh, that vasoconstriction, right, all of your blood starts to just support your core, so a lot of times we have um, students um, keep their hands in prayer hands and Anjali Mudra and having them above the water. Um, so, and then we give them booties, um, like little kind of like scuba diving little booties to keep mm -hmm. their extremities uh, warm. Um, because all those are the first things to go. Your feet are in the water and 
if you don't have those booties on, those are the first things that start to hurt. And we don't want to discourage people to get out just because it's painful for their feet. Um, because yeah, all the blood is like trying to keep your core warm and you know, you, you have the proper breath work, you find those long, um, slow breaths. Um, you know, you start to control that inner temperature, which is always so like really incredible to hear of like, you can actually get warm in the cold and all that, um, different play in the cold water. But then when you switch, um, and all the students go into the warm, all of a sudden, um, you go to vasodilation. So naturally when you go into that warm water, you may feel like pins and needles and it feels, I find that that's the weirdest for me is when I come from the cold and I go into the hot and my body's like, what is going on? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're in warm water, but you still have goosebumps and your body's still kind of adjusting. Um, but yeah, so, so, and then we end up putting them back in the cold plunge for about one more minute. And that way, um, your body goes from that vasodilation, vasoconstriction and kind of back and forth. Um, and we kind of tell people, you know, they can kind of do whatever they want if they want to explore the infrared sauna and play with the hot. Um, and then, you know, they can come back and use the cold plunge too. Um, but we always end up trying to encourage students to finish on cold, um, because that's when you get that beautiful, like power within, you know, you feel like you have the energy, you have the focus, you have the drive, the determination. And so you kind of leave the studio feeling completely exhilarated. Mm-hmm. One of my many marriages, one after my first marriage, I was kind of depressed and I had a really close friend that was in my meditation group with me um, that uh, was really supportive. And I was just like, I just need to do something. He says, well, what, what do you need to do? What do you need to do to make yourself feel better? I said, you know, I feel like I need to go swimming in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was January, you know, and he's like, well, okay. He said, you know, he said, okay, let's just do it. Let's just go, you know, and it was already like seven or eight o'clock at night and we had to drive a couple hours to get to the Pacific ocean. So we got there, it's really late and it was really dark and cold, but I said, no, I'm going to do this. Again, I just, you know, took off my clothes and went in the ocean and went for this long swim and came out and I don't know the cold water and just being in the water and all the breathing, it just sort of reset my depression and it went away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. beautiful. I mean, like I said, the water is really healing and if you're driving two hours to go jump in the ocean, I feel like you have to commit to going in. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> he didn't go in, though. My friend wouldn't go in, but he said, I'll be right here on the beach, though. <laughs> oh, I love that. And that actually, I don't know the author who wrote this book. Um, I, I guess I can quickly look and look because I know it's on my bookshelf, but it's called Blue, Blue Mind, I believe. And it was a really beautiful read because it was kind of the scientific backing of why we as humans are kind of in a way infatuated by water. You know, we like the sounds of water fountains. Uh, you know, we put them in our yard. We go to sleep with sleep sounds. We have this infatuation of with going to see rivers and lakes and we're in complete awe when we see the ocean. And it was really cool read um, to really see, you know, a, a beautiful reminder to remind ourselves that we are 70% water, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one of my favorite um, studies on water is from this scientist, and I can't remember his name, but what he does, his book is called Hidden Messages in Water. And what he does is he takes different words like 
love or hate and he'll post them on bottles and then he'll take a photo of them with uh, extreme like microscopic photography and the ones that have like a positive meaning or like if he plays Mozart or if they're from you know an alpine lake or something they will create really beautiful like crystal formations and the water that's been polluted or like heavy metal rock or you know maybe water that's been microwaved kind of creates these images that look like sludge and I just always thought that was so fascinating of here's this this thing that we consider to be kind of an inanimate object, but it does hold these feelings and emotions in it, like clearly for through, you know, just some of these words and meanings and, you know, what we say to each other matters because we are, you know, 70 percent water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's like all you know, and all thoughts, all words, uh, everything has, carries an energy and this Mm -hmm. frequency with it. And, you know, I love in the breath work, we, whenever you're taking a deep in, we, we sneak in different affirmations. Um, And so in a way, trying to reprogram, you know, the words that we use, um, because they all, and, you know, going back to, you know, what we discussed about just the power of one is like, you know, even going down to that one thought of, you know, to believe in yourself, to believe that you, you can be healthy and that you can, um, you can heal. And just the power of that one, you know, it creates this in a way ripple effect through your whole body that sometimes it's just the flip of the narrative within the words that you, you're choosing to say to yourself. Um, that naturally will bring um, a change in the actions that you're that you're taking. I was thinking about this yesterday and this morning. I think that ultimately everybody heals themselves. It doesn't matter what they're doing; they heal themselves. They come to a certain point and they do what you say. They flip that switch. That a lot of times, I think a healer is someone that just puts them or gives them a glimpse of the possibility. And then the person makes the decision in some part of their being of their spirit. And then they switch over from whatever problem they're having into a more enlightened phase. Mm -hmm. And ultimately the healer is us. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. I just actually saw something that was like, Tony Robbins is not going to heal you. Malvina is not going to heal you. Angie, uh, Marie, there, no one's going to be going to heal you. They may give you a little insight that all of a sudden makes mm-hmm. you recognize that you are the one that has that power. No one else has that. Mm-hmm. Just putting that one step forward and, you know, beginning the journey. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah, me and you have done enough hiking together of tall peaks to be like just putting one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, there's a beautiful view on top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. With a cold plunge at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> now, be careful of those little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just all, all in all, like it's the breath work currently is my. I it has created this monumental change in my life that has. Um, really in a way I feel like restructured 
the way I even talk to myself and think about myself because um, I mean, I was pro we're all kind of programmed in the way of, you know, how we were um, raised the people that, you know, surrounded us. And I feel like I was in this place that for a long time, I felt like a stuck and I, you know, did different therapies. And I was like, how do I change the way like I view myself? How do I talk to myself? And I feel like for me personally, and once again, it's not for everyone, but I find that it can be such a beautiful modality is, you know, the breath work. And I find that like adding in the affirmations while you're doing the breath work um, have been a complete, um, this beautiful change uh, for my life. Um, I guess what I haven't really talked about is in the breath work, we do a lot of deep breathing and then we exhale your air out and then you hold your breath. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is another um, kind of fun component to add into because in a way, this part is first and foremost, it feels amazing when you originally exhale and you're like, wow, I'm in this cloud of oxygen because in in a way you're a hundred percent oxygenated. You Mm -hmm. don't need to breathe. And then you have this beautiful exchange in your body where um, uh, carbon dioxide starts to kind of come in and into the hemoglobin, kicking the oxygen out and taking its place. And in this chemical exchange um, and CO2 is what regulates your breath. So I think of it like that inner voice that's like, hey, why aren't you breathing? (laughs) This Mm -hmm. isn't cool. You like to breathe. Come on, take a breath. Come on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And And if we listen to our mind all the time, you know, all of life is a risk, you know, swinging your legs out of bed and jumping out into the world, there's just risk everywhere. Um, And, but that's also in the risks. um, That's where we grow. Um, So I think of the breath hold as like, that's that high altitude training. You're pushing yourself in that place of discomfort and it doesn't feel comfortable. But when you allow yourself to just keep hanging on and keep pushing yourself in that uncomfortable place, you're building that resilience to CO2, which is another crucial piece of breath work that I find is, um, you know, can help you better recover, better perform. And then when you end up taking that deep breath in right after, you're craving it. And when you take in that oxygen, it's just like, oh my goodness, here we are taking it to a whole new level. And it makes you really appreciate this, this gift of breathing that we all you know, take for granted. Like I said, in the beginning, it's, you know, we all know how to breathe to survive, but are we taking the time to breathe to thrive? Mm -hmm. One thing too, is that any, you know, there are a lot of things people can't do. I mean, some people can't scuba dive or they're too old. They feel to uh, do that. Or they're, some people are nervous about taking ayahuasca or something like that, but everybody can breathe. Mm -hmm. Everybody can do breath work. And so and you will often have a, incredible experiences while you're doing breath work. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, in my experience, remember um, past lives when they're doing breath work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of visualizations. Uh, um, a lot of people I love when people like I, you know, they'll see colors and they'll come up to me, Malvina, I saw this color. And, um, you know, it's beautiful in a way to like tap into this sacredness of your chakras and you know these energy vortexes within your body that in a way are trying to constantly communicate um and send you this wisdom from like right within your body Mm -hmm. and we all have access to it it's just taking the time to do it Mm -hmm. 
And there's, and, and kind of what you just said, Marie, there's this, well, first I was going to touch base, whatever you think you can't do, that's you stopping yourself. So never let age or something that scares you hold you back from doing something that you really want. If you want to climb a mountain and you've never climbed a mountain and you're 65 years old, there is, and you can do it. You can do it. The only thing that holds you back is yourself. And I always say that, um, you know, impossible seems impossible because, um, you just aren't believing in yourself and anything really is possible if you just start believing in yourself and, you know, it starts with that thought and using that momentum of the breath to really reframe, um, in a way we just, we all hold ourselves back and, and meditation, um, you know, we all know it's so, um, incredible for us, uh, but nobody's doing it. Not nobody. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, you're totally right. It's it's definitely not like a mainstream thing right now. Right. Like there's definitely, I definitely see a a switch in, in our generation and, and people though, like instead of going to the bars to drink, I've, I've noticed a lot more people being interested in this like healing journey and starting to do some of those things. But yeah, I don't think it's, you know, it's definitely not as popular as some things, but there's definitely quite a few people that are on that journey. Yeah. And it's a beautiful journey. The, the founder kind of a breed degrees, Dr. Tyler Forbes, he, um, you know, the signs that he brought us to all the teachers was that, you know, 14% of Americans have tried meditation, um, but less than 1% is actually doing it. And so if you are meditating, you know, I applaud you. It's, um, but I feel like so many of us, um, we think meditation is just sitting and not thinking. And mm-hmm. I find that for me, uh, there that's not that's just one way of meditating. And it's a beautiful practice, but it is a very challenging practice for most people um, that don't like to slow down. And I find that breath work is a beautiful way of getting them to dynamically meditate. Mm-hmm. Um, having them just observe their breath and really focus on getting that expansion into their body. Um, that is that component that re- allows you to tap out of the thinking mind and dive into um, the sensations within the aquarium of your body. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah. you're very inspiring and I think it's great for people to hear this and, and realize that there are these other options out there and things to try and, uh, where are you located if they want to come and do this with you? Um, it's in the studios in Carlsbad, um, California. And what's it called? Breathe Degrees. Breathe Degrees. So oh, that's great. 6965 El Camino Real. It's one of, unit 107. So yeah, there's a beautiful little platform there um, yeah, just off El Camino Real in Carlsbad. Um, you'll find our little studio there with a future opening of a new one closer to San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you're going to have a full class on Friday after this comes out. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been fun. Um, cause I do, uh, the crystal sound bowls and some sound healing at my 4 PM class on Fridays. Um, and that's definitely been a class that's been sold out a lot because, when you're in this beautiful openness in your heart and your body. And what I find is like the pinnacle of meditation after the breath work, I start playing the sound bowls and then the frequency in the space um, on top of that will allow people to dive even deeper into 
um, kind of healing their bodies. And so, yeah, Fridays are always a fun time. So yeah, the 4 p.m. is when I have the sound bowls. And there is even um, a little secret out that I do kind of, uh, Marie inspired me to use my voice in class. So I do sing and try to use my own healing within my body and projection of my uh, voice to hopefully bring some healing into everyone's bodies as well, too. <laughs> I love that. I definitely will be signing up for a class next time I roll through town. But <laughs> I just want to thank you for coming on. Like, you're always such a, a positive light. And I hope that, you know, people like have enjoyed listening to you, just a fresh perspective. And so thank you for coming on and joining us today. Yes, thank oh, you cool. very much. Oh, thank you so much, girls. It's been a pleasure. Um, always love our little tribe here of healing support. Um, so I appreciate both of you and for all the work that you do for our world. Um, yeah, my light sees your light and let's keep on shining bright, girls. Yeah, well put. All right. Very well put. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. All right, my dears. Uh, much love. Have an amazing rest of your day. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. I really hope that you guys loved listening to Malvina speak. Um, I, I hope that you found her as inspiring as I did. And I hope that you're enjoying having, uh, he- hearing from other people besides just me and my mom all the time. So let us know, write in, call in questions. There's a link in the podcast podcast description. We definitely want to hear from you. Yeah, we also did have another person call in. So we have uh, Jess Flood. So here it is. Hi, Marie. Hi, Angie. Um, Just wanted to say thank you so much for this podcast. It's fantastic. And um, I had a question um, for you, which is, um, I think it's just so beautiful and lovely how much our angels are able to do for us and support us and learning that they're with us for multiple or maybe even all of our lifetimes is pretty astounding. Um, the question that comes up for me is since they are always in service to us, is there anything that we can do for them? Um, and uh, how does that work? Or what does that look like? Um, I know in some um, instances you've described them as possibly sometimes just being light, but since we are also of the light, I wonder um, how that, if there's any reciprocity that happens. So. That's my question. And thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. Great question. I think that angels are really very happy. The fact that you're just giving them attention and, and wanting that input and wanting that connection. But the one thing that does come to mind is that angels are very attracted to and very pleased by sound. And I think that if you wanted to do something especially for your angels, then I would sing to them. I think that the sound of someone singing a beautiful song is something that would be very pleasing and very attractive to any angel. And I know there are certain ceremonies that they do in Brazil where they sing to bring the angels to you for certain healings. So I think that at any time, that that would be a expression of love that the angels would definitely receive and probably draw closer to you, would be just sing to them. Um, what if you have a terrible 
singing voice. I don't think that matters. (laughs) (laughs) Sing from your heart, however terrible that may be. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose you could also play a musical instrument, too. Okay, I have no musical skills or vocal skills so this seems like a particular challenge to me (laughs) i just guess your angels are gonna go away angry then (laughs) there's no hope for you my dear (laughs) there's no hope for me okay great on that note thanks for joining (laughs) thanks for listening see you guys all next week (laughs) bye for now bye for now